We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. How, how many makers and cokes have you had? We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver, and joining me, as always, is Justin Mello for this for this special, what is it, July? It's July. July edition. Hope you had a great holiday, Justin, last week, and we're back now to talk more Titans. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to jump. I said I think I start every week by saying I'm excited, but I am excited to jump into this position group because there's actually a lot to unpack here. And I think the average Titans fan probably doesn't realize there are a lot of moving pieces here, a lot of moving parts, a lot of ways that this position group can shake out. So I- I'm pumped up to talk about this group today. That's right. Today we're going to take a look at the defensive line last week we talked about our expectations in the 2021 season for the titans tight ends we're going to continue that series today talking about our expectations for the defensive line we are going to exclude the outside linebackers we're not talking about the pass rush today we're talking about the interior the big boys up front on the defense it's kind of hard to do expectations in the same kind of sense we did with the tight ends because we're not gonna we're not gonna project stats here for these guys i mean some you want to guess collect. how many tackles Jeffrey Simmons is going to have this season? I'm not really interested in that. But I do think we can talk about expectations for overall performance. Especially we're going to get into who we think is going to end up making the roster. So a little bit of a training camp preview here for everyone. Let's just start off by running through the names. Because I think there are going to be people who who have a who reaction to at least one, if not multiple names. So, obviously, everyone is aware of Jeffrey Simmons. Titans signed this offseason to Nico Autry. They'll have Tier Tart returning and Laurel Murchison returning. They've added a bunch of guys, though. Those guys include Trayvon Coley, a six-year veteran. Woodrow Hamilton, a three-year veteran. Bruce Hector, a two-year veteran. Abry Jones, a nine-year veteran who spent a lot of his career in Jacksonville. And undrafted free agent rookie Naquan Jones. So all in all, a pretty crowded group here. Just because, let's start with let's just start with who we think can make the final roster here, because I think this is the most interesting topic. Is who who is it? How many do they keep? And then beyond the obvious locks, which I would say are Simmons, Autry, and Murchison, because they just drafted him last year. I would say Tier Tart just because of how well he played last year is, but I don't know if he's necessarily a lock lock. You know, I mean, he could be a surprise. It would be a surprise, but he he's not a lock in my opinion. Anyway, what do you think? Who who's a lock to make the roster? Just those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to talk about it a little more. While I ultimately agree that Tart and Murchison are are likely to make the roster, I don't know that I'd call either of them locks. I, I think it's more likely that they make the roster than it is that they don't. But I don't know that there's a lock here after, of course, Jeffrey Simmons and Dina Kowatri. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Just because guys like Aubrey Jones, who you you brought up pre-show as someone you wanted to get into, I mean, he could be totally be a surprise guy that nobody's talking about. He's had a, a pretty long, good career in Jacksonville. He was a part of those Jacksonville defenses 
when when the only thing that they could do well was play defense. When they had Jalen Ramsey and like back in 2017 when they went to the AFC Championship game, they, I mean that that he was a pretty big part of that defense. I remember I jokingly said Derrick Henry stiff armed him um, when the Titans first signed him, but I mean Derrick Henry stiff arms everybody, so that's not that's no knock against him, right? <laughs> they have to cut half the league if uh, if, if if everybody that uh, Derrick Henry stiff armed got released. Yeah, really. So guys like him, guys like, I mean, Trayvon Coley, I don't know much about, but he's managed to stick around the league for, for six years now. So there are guys here who could unseat what who we think are the incumbents. Yeah, the Aubrey Jones one is definitely the most interesting to me because like you said, I mean, came out of Georgia, first of all, University of Georgia, 2013 was his draft year. Uh, he didn't get drafted, which is interesting. I mean, it obviously was, was a big boy coming out. You know, sometimes those uh, two down linemen don't always get valued in the NFL draft like they should at times. Uh, but he comes out of Georgia. He latches on to Jacksonville's at UDFA. This is back in 2013. He spends 2013 to 2020 always in Jacksonville. Never, you know, never really released. Almost 200 career tackles there playing the nose position. Uh, in 2017, he signed a $16 million contract. Granted, it was, it was over four years. What happens to him this past year in 2020 is he ends up on IR, right, with an ankle injury. Uh, doesn't you know? Doesn't you know? Doesn't really come back uh, from from the ankle injury. They designated him to return, but he didn't get back in action. You know, they were so bad. I mean, why would they even you know bother bringing a guy back like that, especially with an ankle injury? One of those big boys. Uh, so he gets cut after the year. Look, I get it. They're going in a new direction. They're a young team. He's on a you know he's making a bit of money there, as I said. But he comes to Tennessee, you know, signed in early June. And again, I want to talk about him because it feels like no one's talking about him. Well, this is a guy, remember, they let Daquan Jones walk uh, in free agency, right? A lo long-time Titan Daquan Jones, who I'm a big fan of, of course. But they don't have a, a, a true nose tackle. You know, people, people if they don't know Dina Coatra, he's not a nose. You know, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons obviously is not going to play the nose either. So it, it, it may be Avery Jones. It, it really may. I, I think at this point, I do expect him to make the roster. I agree. I was just trying to go through and look here at how many of these guys, it's hard to tell on the Titans website, but how many of these guys were actually drafted? Because you mentioned that Avery Jones was an undrafted free agent. This is a fairly common position as far as it goes being common to be an undrafted free agent who makes the who actually makes it in the NFL. Defensive line is one of the positions where it happens, I think, more often than, than others. None of them were drafted, by the way. None of them. I know for a fact, Woodrow Hamilton, Bruce Hector, uh, Naquan Jones, uh, Trayvon Coley, none of those guys were drafted. None of them. So Simmons, Murchison, and Autry, those are the only three guys in this group who were actually picked in the NFL draft. That's pretty interesting. They got five, yeah, five guys that were UDFAs. Coley, uh, Jones, Hector, Hamilton, and T.R. Tart, of course. And and Naquan Jones. So another Sorry, six down. of them then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six guys that were undrafted. That, that's that is rare, isn't it? Yeah, two and two Joneses, by the way, in one position group. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, so so which of these undrafted free agent guys can really like stake a claim to to a solid roster spot? That's gonna be something to watch, I think, in training camp, especially in the preseason. And we'll really learn a lot by who's playing in the preseason because you know It'll be different this year with, with only three games, but typically when the guys are sitting out that last preseason game, it's because they don't want to risk an injury to them and they're planning to either bring them back on the roster or try to sneak them onto the practice squad. So I think 
we'll see kind of, you know, who's out there early and who's only playing like a few snaps at the beginning of the game and then who's not playing at all in the second half. I think that's going to tell us a lot about the pecking order because I don't really know how we're going to how we're going to figure out the pecking order otherwise, you know? I mean, how are we ever really going to know who they value as the as the guys that are just camp bodies? Who's look who's targeting who they're targeting for the practice squad and who they actually think can contribute in a meaningful way this year. I agree. I, I think one thing that you look at really is age, I, I think plays a bigger role than people realize. Uh, of course, uh, you know, previous production, sometimes familiarity with the coaching staff. When I look at a guy like Woodrow Hamilton, and, and, and sorry, let me let me preface it by saying that. This is wide open, right? I, I, you can't completely rule out that one of these guys impresses, right, more than the other and, and makes the team. It's wide open. When I look at a guy like Woodrow Hamilton, if I have to forecast, you know, 28 years old, three career NFL tackles, probably not a great chance, right? Probably not a great chance to make the team. He's going he's gonna to try at nose, by the way, which is interesting because there won't be a ton of competition uh, there at nose. He's about 320 pounds to my knowledge. So probably not a great chance, right? At 28 years old, he's probably shown a lot, right, of what he has. Uh, and it's not like the league has been overly impressive. When I look at Bruce Hector, it's a little bit similar. And a little younger at 26, but again, he's not 23, right? He's not 22, 23, 24, 26 years old, a shade under 300 pounds, two career NFL tackles. Uh, again, right? What are the chances that a guy uh, like Bruce Hector shows more uh, now than he's shown previously in, in, in five other teams that he's been on? You know, one thing I will mention about him for our listeners is that uh, new Titans assistant Jim Schwartz did coach Bruce Hector in Philadelphia. So I do think that's an interesting tidbit worth mentioning. And I would love to know, is it coincidence or do they even bring Bruce Hector to Tennessee if he doesn't have that experience with Schwartz? Yeah, so that's that's true. Ultimately, though, yeah, like you said, I mean, one of the, any of these guys, they it, they all have a chance to go in and fight for a roster spot here. And I think it's more or less equal in terms of Mike Vrabel seems like the type of coach who's really going to look at who which guy is out here Given it they're all, who, who do we think we can coach the best? Who's going to be the best guy for this team and not base it as much on previous relationships when it comes to that final decision-making process? So I think that'll be, that'll be a competition to watch. As far as expectations overall for the group, do you think that the defensive line as constructed will be better this season, this upcoming 2021 season, than it was in 2020? That, that's a tough question for me because I do think Daquan Jones' loss uh, does hurt a little. You know, I think one, one of the most, first of all, one of the most underrated Titans, probably in the Tennessee era, in my opinion. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, saying a little too much, but I really think Daquan Jones is a really, really underrated player in his time in Tennessee. I do think they're going to miss him more than, than some fans realize. Jack Crawford, you know, is also, I don't think he signed anywhere yet, but probably unlikely to come back at this point, right? They would have brought him back by now, I would think, if, if he was in their plans, uh, if that was in the cards. I mean, he played that elephant end role for them. I don't know. You know, he wasn't terrific, but I don't think he was bad. Truthfully, I thought he gave them uh, some good snaps uh, more often than not. That's another guy that's gone. Now I'm going to probably contradict myself because why I'm going to say that despite some of those losses that this group will be, better than they were last year. And I don't know that it'll be drastic. I thought they were pretty good last year. They were, they, they might've been the best unit of the defense. I mean, they weren't eh, excellent. They were don't get me right. wrong. 
I mean, by default, I mean, they were better than the safeties. They were better than the corners. They were, they were better than the edge rushers, obviously. And they were probably better than the inside linebackers too. Okay. Base. Yeah. I mean, it's not saying a lot. (laughs) No, it's not. Let's let's make that clear. It's not saying a lot, but I do think, uh, I thought Daquan Jones played really well last season for the most part. Uh, but why I think they will be better this year than they were a year ago is number one. I think you get a healthy, motivated Jeffrey Simmons. I think that's big. We, you know, he started quite strongly last year, in my opinion. Then he caught COVID. I think he was banged up late, right? Wasn't there like an ankle injury uh, towards the end of the season? We don't know if COVID impacted him or not, but that plus the injury, he certainly seemed to tail off a bit at the end of the year. So I think it'll be great to get a refreshed Jeffrey Simmons back in here. And then the addition of Dina Kalatri, I think it's a big one. And I think it's a good one. And I think it's one the Titans fans will come to respect a lot more than maybe they do now. I know it's easy to talk about, you know, of course, the impact that Julio Jones will have, uh, a Bud Dupree, even though he's on the outside. But I, I don't think we're talking enough about Dina Kalatri and the type of toughness that he's going to bring to this D-line, that veteran presence. Guy that doesn't take any snaps off is, is really a tough SOB. I mean, everyone in the NFL will tell you that. Anyone that's ever coached him will tell you that. So I think Autry is going to help this D-line a lot. I think he's going to help Jeffrey Simmons a lot as well, take some attention off of him, and they're going to work off uh, off one another. So because of those two guys and what I expect from them this year, I do think this group will be at least a bit better than it was last year. Yeah, you, you talk about Daquan Jones being super underrated, and I agree he is a very underrated player for this, or he was for this Titans team, but... You know, I think Danico Autry is a better player, and especially with what he offers as, as a pass rusher, right. that that's a way better one-two punch, Simmons and Autry, than Simmons and Daquan Jones. And so, Absolutely. yeah, from from that standpoint, it's going to probably be an upgrade. And then you throw the idea that Bud Dupree is going to be on the outside across from Harold Landry. Granted, you had Jadeveon Clowney there last season, but we've talked about why we think Dupree will be an upgrade there and we'll get more into detail on that when we when we talk about our pass rusher expectations in a future episode but yeah overall i mean as a run stuffing unit they may be slightly worse without daquan jones eating up center of the of the defensive line there but as a pass rushing unit from the interior which to be honest i mean that's where nfl games are won and lost right now in the way the league is played i mean look at what chris jones is able to do for the chiefs Look at what happened to Patrick Mahomes when he didn't have interior protection against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. It's always been the the secret recipe to beating Tom Brady is interior pressure, right? Is what they say. So getting that interior pass rush is huge, is huge. It forces the quarterback to step back and out instead of being able to step up in the pocket. So it also helps your edge rushers get home for sacks. So it's just, it's a huge boon when you can get that kind of pressure from the interior. And I think that with Autry and Simmons side by side, you actually have a, a duo that can do that. So because of that, I'm going to agree with you and say that despite the loss of Daquan Jones, this unit should, if everyone stays healthy, and this is an optimistic time of year, so we're pretty much saying everyone's going to be better, but they, they should be better, right? No, I, I think you make some good points there. Again, as much as we love Daquan Jones, we'd be silly not to acknowledge that he offered little to none as a pass rusher, right? Vir- virtually almost nothing when it comes to getting after the passer. Obviously, Dina Kowatra is a, a much time, a, a, a way better pass rusher, right, than Daquan is. So, But who steps into that nose role? Again, not to go back to the conversation we just had, 
but you talked about stopping the run there. Are they worse? Well, that does a guy like Aubrey Jones come in and win that job? I think that's likely, but a guy like TR Tart, right. Is going to get a chance uh, to compete for that. A guy like Trayvon Coley, by the way, who we didn't really touch on a lot, but you mentioned has been in the league for a while. He's bounced around a lot of teams, but Hey, 26 years old, 86 career tackles. When I look at him versus uh, a Hector Bruce, or a uh, or a Woodrow Hamilton, sorry, a Bruce Hector that is uh, <laughs> a Bruce Hector or a Woodrow Hamilton, similar age but way more NFL production. So he'll come in and probably try to compete for a nose job with uh, with the guy like Edry Jones and T.R. Tart. I think has a chance as well. So which one of those guys wins the nose job, and, and which one of them uh, you know helps try to stop the run and and, and fill the big shoes that Daquan Jones leaves behind in that department. Yeah, and um, Mike Herndon at, at Mike Miracles talked about this a little bit, how the Titans might change up the packages they use and go with more of a four-man type front, which would reduce the need for a nose tackle. You know, maybe they still have that 3-4 base defense, but how often will they be in base defense? You know, a nickel defense, they say, is almost like a base defense nowadays. So how often are they going to have three down linemen where they even need a nose tackle? 20% of snaps, maybe 25% should be a drop-off from last year or so. We'll see how important that position really even is, and that's why they may be comfortable allowing an, a UDFA to man that spot. And I like the four-down lineman idea. I think Mike's, you know, brings up a great point there because uh, Harold Landry, we've seen it, can obviously put his hand in the dirt. Uh, I think Bud Dupree can put his hand in the dirt. Yeah, it gives you a lot standing up, but I think he absolutely uh, can can rush and, and stop the run with his hand in the dirt. So I love. I mean, those are your four best players, right? In that, in that odd position group, right? Is Landry, Dupree, Simmons, and Autry. So why maybe even have the need for a nose? I think you're right. I think uh, they'll keep one on the roster for sure, whether that's an Aubrey Jones or a Tart or whoever, both of them. Uh, but you're right. I, I don't know that they play more than 20, 25% of snaps anyway. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on the defensive line group before we get out of here this week? Let's make a quick prediction. How about we close it off with this? How many do they keep and which ones will they keep? All right. I think they keep five. And I think they are the obvious ones we we've been naming this whole time. You know, Simmons, Autry, um, Simmons and Autry, I'm putting on my list. Tier Tart, I'm putting on my list. Abry Jones. And for number five, let's go with Bruce Hector. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? I think I think you might have, I don't want to call you out, but I think you might have forgot one. I thought we were going to go five for five, but I agree with your first four for sure. Of course, Simmons, Autry, I'll agree with Abry Jones and TR Tart. Oh, uh, and Murchison. I'll pick Lorel Murchison yeah. as the yeah, fifth, Murchison. just because... Yeah, they used the draft pick on him a year ago. He was a fifth rounder, I think it was. You'll remember I was a big merch fan coming out. Me and you argued about him a little bit. You said you didn't see it uh, in college at NC State. Uh, I, I did not it. see it. I did not see it. It's just like, what's special here? But right. I mean, and he didn't. He didn't really pop a whole lot as a rookie, right? That's the god honest truth. But I do think he'll get another chance. You remember the day after they drafted him? Remember what John Robinson said about him? I mean, a year has gone by, but. He said, uh, at the end of day two, I'll never forget it. I thought it was hilarious. He said, the last player I thought of before I fell asleep was Lorel Murchison. <laughs> the night before day three. So when he went to bed on day two and he thought of all the guys that were still available on day three, he said, Lorel Murchison was the last player that crossed my mind before my eyes closed and I went to sleep. So Robinson was a big fan of Murch. I think he talked about almost taking him earlier, round three or four even. They end up getting him in round five. I think he, I think he makes the team. 
and gets uh, at least another year uh, to, to kind of, I don't want to say live up to that pick because it is a day three pick, but to prove that he was worth drafting and keeping around. Yeah, yeah, that was an oversight on my part. You're, I would definitely swap him in for Bruce Hector. Sorry, Bruce. Um, yes, Laurent Murchison, you know, looking to bit, take a step forward in year two. Jim Wyatt released an article about him on the That's Titans right. website on Thursday. So Earlier check that out. Yeah, Thursday it was, yeah. If you're interested. Um, I've got an article of, coming tomorrow, yeah. well, t- today, technically. If you're listening to this on, on Friday, the day that it's released, on Friday, July 9th, I've got an article coming out, uh, or, or it's already out there, <laughs> again, by the time you're listening to this, with defensive line coach Eddie McGrilva. Eddie McGrilva is a coach, a personal trainer, um, coach at the JUCO ranks, uh, worked at Mamba Sports Academy, you know, the affiliation that they had with Kobe Bryant in Thousand Oaks, California. Branched off, began doing his own thing, working out defensive linemen. Worked to this day, works out Kenny Clark, all-star, uh, you know, uh, D-lineman in Green Bay. Worked out Quiddy Pay before the draft, Levi Muzarike, Jalen Phillips. A bunch of big draft picks uh, this past year. I really enjoyed talking shop with him. Uh, and there's, a, there, you know, there's a lot of non-Titan stuff in there. But I think you should still give it a read because not only is there some great stuff on those guys and just rushing the passer and D-line play in general, but he does work out two of these Titans that we've talked about today and train, uh, TR Tart uh, and Naquan Jones. He's been working out with those guys, coaching them on the side for years. I mean, just the other day when I spent time with him on the phone, he had an afternoon session with TR Tart. So he's very much... Uh, uh, in the trenches right now with two Tennessee Titans. And he gave me some great quotes about what that work is going like. So if you want to get ready for Titans training camp, read up and learn about more of those two players. It was great. He compares them, talks about their size, their arm length, strength, what traits they have, how they differ and how they're similar to one another. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him. Make sure you head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com and give that a read this morning. That's right. You guys know where to find that. Broadwaysportsmedia.com. Check it out, along with all the other articles we got up. Trey Watkins just posted one previewing the 2021 offense over 3,000 words. Yeah, great article by Trey there. So go check that out. And we will be back. I Hooker one. Sorry not to cut you off on Amani Hooker. I wrote something on Amani Hooker a couple days ago. If you haven't had a chance to read that, I talked a little about, you know, about why I think is a third year safety. He's ready to break out as he steps into the starting role. You guys seem to like that Amani Hooker story. I mean, the interactions that I was getting on Twitter was more than I expected to get from that story, truth be told. So if you haven't had a chance to go read it check that one out and uh we've got a lot of stuff on the way the nashville sc guys are killing it by the way uh with, with every day just pumping out stories on nashville sc so shout out to davy shepherd ben wright and all those guys because they're doing terrific work on nashville sc and i'm about to start pumping up the titans articles i got a lot more coming in a few weeks i don't want to ruin what i have but you're going to want to uh, stay tuned because i got some fun exclusives coming uh, your way over at broadway sports yeah, and we're just over three weeks away from training camp starting, so getting there, getting close. We will be back next week to continue the preview series we're doing here, expectations for the Titans position by position. So next week we'll hit another position group. Come back for that. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.